Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Five, four, three, two, one, begin! Armstrong and Getty. Celebrating 25 years of radio excellence. That is the climax of foolishness. Hiya! Thank you, everybody. This is Ted Nugent. And if Armstrong and Getty don't get on the beast, I'm going to come out there and gut it. Armstrong and Getty. Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. So on this, our 25th anniversary of being the Armstrong and Getty Show, a talk show, talking about... You know, what's going on in the world? Uh, we've been thinking a lot about and talking a lot about the, the, the landscape of politics and media and everything over the last quarter century. Before you go on, I'd like to state for the record, I, Joe Getty, am on the beast, Ted. Cool. Thank you for those wise words of wisdom. The, the great Ted Nugent there, if you didn't recognize the voice. Get on the beast, whatever that means. <laughs> You know, I was thinking, of, I don't know why I was thinking about this last night. So a lot of people that are in talk radio, there are, there are some uh, successful shows in talk radio that come out of nowhere. But mostly, I mean, the talents came out of nowhere. Like they were, they were in other industries and they, they magically had a knack for doing this sort of thing. But a lot of people uh, either come from, they were doing news on a radio station and then like got to fill in and kind of grow into a show i know a number of people like that and then a lot of people including rush limbaugh that came out of music radio and make their way into talk radio really howard stern too because he's talk radio but he started on a station that played music and um and i think a lot of those shows are successful 
because when you're on music radio, you kind of um, develop a, uh, uh, a feeling for pace and entertainment. That is part of the whole talk radio thing in terms of having some pace and entertainment. As opposed to mm-hmm. if you come from the news world, sometimes it's just you don't have that, and it, it and it can get repetitious or dry. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. You have a different uh, feeling for what your job is. As long as you recite the news, you have done your job, as opposed to understanding that you're, if you lose folks' attention, if you are boring, they will go away immediately. And I think some news people don't really have a sense of that. Yeah, it doesn't matter how important what you're talking about is or how factually correct or anything like that. If it's not interesting, entertaining enough to keep people around, it's not going to make any difference because you're going to there aren't going to be advertisers, there aren't going to be listeners, you're going to go away. So you got to combine the two. There's just no getting around it. Unless you're NPR and can be propped up by the taxpayer, then you can go on and on and on in depth about stories in a way that you can't in the for-profit world of radio. I happen to hear a story uh, this morning on NPR before the show. I was listening to Punish Myself for My Sins, and uh, and they had a gal on. They were talking about wetlands and the EPA's right to control America's wetlands and the famous Sackett case, which we've been discussing with Tim Sandifer for years now. It took years and years to unravel this, this family that bought a lot in a subdivision, and the EPA said, no, you can't build your house. It's a wetland. And they're like, uh... It's not wet, and it's a home in a. It's a lot in a subdivision, and they, the EPA fined them ten thousand dollars a day or whatever it was. It was outrageous, and it became clear that they have an extrajudicial legal system in the bureaucracies. And not only is that wrong, but it was a gross interpretation of the plain wording of the statute that the EPA can regulate, and I don't have it in front of me, so forgive me if this is somewhat inaccurate, but uh, can uh, regulate the navigable waters of the United States and those that connect to them. And what the left is trying to argue is that any sponge, any wet sponge in America, could conceivably be hurled into a navigable waterway. And therefore, it was under the EPA's control, and it was just, it's a ridiculous doctrine. It was overturned by the Supreme Court. But... NPR had this chick, lefty chick on there, who stated unequivocally that this is an outrage by the five conservative judges, and now our wetlands are endangered and will be ruined, and you can do anything anywhere now. And she never once referred to the words of the statute. And it was a wildly misleading report. Now, if you wanted to take a look look at the words of the statute and say, no, if you look at this and this, this clearly states that, no, she didn't even like gesture toward a fact she just stated the horror of it and how the judges are monsters your 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 tax dollars are going to that sort of misinformation it's a wonder republicans ever win an election back to our glorious 25 years of doing talk radio joe and i were working together at a music station when we got hired to do this um uh or had been for several years and the the most recent one before we got into talk radio was a soft ac station so we were playing this was the late 90s obviously if you can do simple math 25 years ago um and the hot music was celine dion kenny g some mariah carey michael bolton michael bolton 
That's sort of, uh, Richard Marks, I believe, yeah. was a uh, a leading light. And we'd it was give lame. away Yanni tickets or whatever and then play another song. And it was, man, it was great people, great company. They treated us really well, but just a horrible job. I mean, if you have the interests that Joe and I have. And um, I had oof. no desire to do wacky uh, rate, uh, music radio morning man stuff. I just wanted to talk about what was happening in the world. So the move was obvious for us. Here's the uh, we, we, were, on record. we were making okay money. I was paying my rent and feeding my kids, but just okay. We're out Kenny of the sack G? with Joe and Jack. Yep. That's what we were. We were called Out of the Sack with Joe and Jack. That's what we were No disrespect him. to the great Kenny Gah, who could sure blow his horn. I mean, listen to this melody. It transports you, doesn't it? But we would actually... The funny thing to me was, so we were on in the morning playing this music, and then, you know, we'd say, Out of the Sack with Joe and Jack, here's Kenny G. And we'd turn off the microphones and we'd say, Can you imagine the kind of person that gets up in the morning and wants to listen to this? I mean, what what is your lifestyle like? Like in the start, morning, you start your day in the morning with this. <laughs> How tense are you? <laughs> anyway, where were we? Oh, so uh, but then we we knew we wanted to get into talk radio. Clearly, that was our future, and we uh, our pay was cut in half to start in talk radio, um, and it was it was near starvation wages. But it's all right. It was an investment, really, kind of an investment in reverse. And, in and it worked out great. Yeah, yeah. And in 25 years of doing talk radio, the media landscape has changed so much. Newspapers went from the big thing in every town to, if you have one at all, they aren't, nope, very few people are reading the actual paper paper. And, uh, you know, and a whole bunch of other stuff. For instance, uh, Katie, look this up. Google was founded on September 4th, 1998. So just a wow. couple of weeks before we went on the air. So you no, literally whoa, 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 nobody... Whoa, 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 whoa. Unless I misunderstand the uh, Gregorian calendar, it oh, was right, five right, right. days after we went on the air. So right after we went on the air. But, but so nobody was Googling anything when we started talking. Right? That's almost hard to believe. It wasn't a thing to Google something. This new show, what are they called? I'll Google it next Thursday when it's invented. <laughs> well, and I don't know how long it took for Google to catch on, but... Uh, that's a thing. And then this is not related to us, but I just came across these charts. Some things that have changed drastically in the last 25 years. Uh, this chart on how much time young men spend gaming. It had held steady at about a half an hour since they first started tracking it in 2003. Young is men this a by, per day figure? Per day. Young men ages 15 to 24 were spending about a half hour a day on video games. It is now up to almost two hours a day on average. So mm. for every uh, 20-year-old you got playing for one hour, you got a 20-year-old playing for three hours a day to get to that average of two, which is... Or one guy who plays a million hours a day. But, so, like, when we went on the air in 1998, and I'm guessing at that point the average was a couple of minutes, if you're going to count everybody, mm -hmm. what did people do during those two hours a day then that they aren't doing now? That's a good question. Dating? Wow. Considering having a baby someday? I don't know what they were doing, but... Pursuing having a relationship? Uh, trying to get ahead at work? Education? I don't know. 
Do you actually know? I mean, do you have a guess or just kind of disparate? I mean, there's like, is there no conclusion to draw from that? I don't. I just don't know. I, I, if you got me a time machine, I might remember. But uh, I had two kids, and I, Judy wasn't pregnant when we started this show. Um, she was about to be. Evidently, the show made me Randy. Um, but no, I had two little kids at home. I had no freaking idea what twenty-year-olds with time on their hands were doing. Well, okay, well, go 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 earlier before you had kids. What do you think you were doing? That would have would gotten squeezed out if you were doing two hours of video gaming every day. Mm. I don't even know, but it would it wouldn't hitting balls at the golf practicing golf because I've been a golfer since I was a little kid. Uh, playing music, reading. If I was going to be charitable, it may have squeezed out a lot of TV watching, which was also a waste of time. Yeah, to, yeah, to some extent it is. Yeah. So instead of watching a couple of sitcoms at night, which everybody did when I was younger, you play video games. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and and I'm struggling here because I'm doing a little simple math once again in my head, and I'm an empty nester at this point, but I've been a dad for 31 years, so I don't remember. <laughs> what did I used to do? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose you could do it going all the way back to television instead of watching the average of whatever it is people watch on average. Isn't that like six hours or something like that, the average for television? It's always what they say. I've never been able to comprehend that or picture it or whatever, but there are people who watch TV all damn day, I guess. Yeah. But that's, you know, the more that I think about it, the, the before, right before Judy and I had kids, work is what I was doing. We worked insane hours early in our, our radio careers. Um, so I guess that, I don't know, that but I make me better are... than anybody, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it might, um, uh, I suppose you'd have the same conversation about television. What were people doing before they were watching TV for six hours? And you'd say, I was shooing my horse or bringing talking in the wheat to or... each other, <laughs> talking to another human being. Just, ah, oh, that sounds awful. Backyard another... barbecues. Come on. I'm a gentle chart of the backyard barbecue with the neighbors. You know what? I've been looking for a 20th jihad. I already have 19 of them. That's my 20th jihad, to, to, to bring back backyard barbecues with your neighbors. Come on, everybody. Who's with me? What happened to the ice cream social? You can um, mock if you want a modern man. Who is happier, huh? Uh, I've got another chart for you that's unrelated to all this stuff about great inflation that's pretty amazing, among other things we can talk about. Stay with us. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. 
LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melody. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu The Armstrong and Getty Show The sad thing is Americans are, are, are locked in this fight with inflation and they're bracing for recession. Yesterday, the Consumer Confidence Report came out stunning. It dropped precipitously and what was really intriguing about this one is 69% of Americans are still bracing for a recession and, and the folks with households over 100,000, they actually complained the most. Their, their confidence dropped the most. So we're seeing all of that free money, trillions of dollars, finally worked its way through the system. All of it's almost gone. And what we got left with it is inflation that won't go away and a Federal Reserve that may do too much. That's Charles Payne on Fox News. It is difficult to describe the feeling of uneasiness. Part of it's inflation, obviously. Inflation is brutal, and it's especially brutal to folks on fixed incomes or or lower-income folks. But the feeling that everything is weird right now, difficult to quantify, but it's definitely there. Yeah, well, inflation hasn't been around since I was a kid, and I didn't buy a lot of stuff when I was a kid, so this is my first go-around with it. But it's in your face every single day. That's that's what's different about it. I mean, the stock market can tank, but... You know, I've been through that a couple of times, and you stop opening up your four one your quarterly four hundred one k thing when the stock market goes bad. But the inflation is in your face every day. 
Well, the brutal cost of housing, the weird housing market where everybody's trapped in their low-interest mortgage, and so inventory's crazy small, even though interest rates are up, which ought to be putting downward pressure on prices, utterly unprecedented weird. Nobody knows how it works out or where it ends. And there are other examples, too. Yeah. Um, and the uh, not to not not to get into the politics of this, but the 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 fact that uh, Joe Biden is touting Bidenomics and going around saying, "Hey, guess what? It's working." When his lowest rating, well, his second lowest rating, his lowest rating is on the border, but his second lowest is on the economy, and three quarters of people think the economy sucks and all that sort of stuff. It it really is a drag. I mean, you would hope that at least that if we're going to spend trillions and trillions of dollars and print them all and maybe ruin the country forever, that at least we'd all feel good about it. I mean, it's like, you know, um, uh, you go on a, a spending cocaine binge. It was a terrible idea, but at least you had fun for a while. On this, we didn't even have fun for a while. We spent all that money, went crazy, did something really bad, really bad idea, short-term thinking, but we didn't even get to feel good for a while well now wait a minute the, the folks who are enjoying their stimmy money and staying at home smoking pot and playing video games they were enjoying it well it must not be a big enough percentage to get it you know we still got three quarters of people feeling like the economy sucks mm-hmm. so it didn't last very long i mean My. there wasn't much of a high out of that trillions and trillions of dollars yeah that's dis- that's disturbing um, I wanted to hit this. This is inflation of the grade kind, a topic we talk about now and then. Ian Bremmer put this chart out yesterday. I thought it was really interesting. Harvard students' average GPA from 1889 till now. <laughs> Harvard's been around for a long time. For a very long time, the average GPA at Harvard was in the low twos. So B to B+. plus. Is that right? No, C That's to C plus. C to C plus. Average. Yes, the Which average grade was average. Back in the day, C meant average, and the average was an average, yeah. So around an, around a C. Grew, didn't finally start growing until around 1960? Till 1960? Now, and in a, a very steep line from 1960 till now, now the, the average GPA at Harvard is almost 4. It's 3.8. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah, it is crazy. Do you think they're smarter? Is that is that what you think happened? Really? Armstrong and Getty. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melanin, Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. 
It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's a normal afternoon on the doorstep of San Francisco's main government building. A snapshot of America's fentanyl crisis. It doesn't just look stark. An average of one person every 10 hours dies in this city of a fentanyl overdose. It's often here in the drug-ravaged Tenderloin district. That's the Sky News, hence the British accent. The visuals that went along with the story were striking. You've probably seen similar of people just doubled over, like standing yet hunched over and just existing, so wasted they can't even walk down the street. Is that block the tr- after block of people like that. Is that the Trank thing? Because I've seen the videos of people on Trank where they do that weird thing where they kind of just, like, stand and lean up against the wall. It's weird. Well, they're talking about fentanyl there, although there's Trank now being mixed into all sorts of drugs. Uh, We've been musing about um, things that have changed in the 25 years. We've been doing the talk show, the Armstrong and Getty show. And uh, one thing is back in 1998, you could do drugs. I mean, it's probably a bad idea. And there were certainly addictive drugs, but you weren't going to die when you bought a Xanax pill off somebody. I don't even know remember if Xanax existed, but if you bought some speed from somebody, you'd be all wired for a while, and then you'd come down and wish you hadn't taken it. But you wouldn't be dead. Well, and also San Francisco is a uh, one of the top tourist destinations in the world, and at least parts of it were uh, still a beautiful city at that time, which is no longer true either. San Francisco, Brooklyn. Thanks, metal guy. It may have been gritty and funky in places like Portland, which is a city I absolutely loved, um, but it wasn't just a decayed, uh, drug-infested hellhole. Um, a little more, I thought this was so interesting. This gal is talking to a fentanyl addict. Uh, roll 81, please, Michael. Are you a fentanyl user? Absolutely. Um, I've, been a her- I've been an opiate addict for probably 10 years. Trevor used to inject heroin, but fentanyl, he says, is a different beast, and he wants everyone to know. I mean, the fact that this isn't a main issue, I mean, 
on TV every night is insane to us. I've never seen anything like it. I'll meet regular people, Square Joes, on their way to work, and they'll stop, hang out with me, try this drug for the first time, and then leave their life. Literally, not not leave from that moment on. They're just out here with us. Is that what fentanyl does? To some people, it's insane. I've never seen anything like it. No one has. Wow. Wow. So fentanyl's the kind of drug that you try it once and you're that hooked? It's that incredible, or you're the end, or you're that hooked. I would love to talk more to a guy like that because he's obviously quite bright. God, that's um, frightening. But hopeless, hopelessly addicted. Yeah. Bet your college yeah. kid could try a Xanax or whatever they think they're trying, or maybe not even. They're not even trying to get high. They're they're trying to take something to you know, pep them up a little to study all night long. But it's got fentanyl in it. The next thing, well, maybe you die. Or you become a fentanyl addict. God, that's horrifying. Yeah, it is. One more clip. What's it doing to the streets? Man, yeah, I mean, it's, it's turning everybody into, you know, a crazy, violent drug addict. We're doing, we're doing an interview. I know, but do that somewhere else. Y'all smoking crack right here, and there's a daycare right there. We're interrupted by private security asking them to move out of the view of a nursery. This is a city divided on how to deal with the scourge of drugs. So a private security guy says, hey, you people are smoking crack right in front of the window of a nursery school. Move on your way. Not the guy that you're interviewing, but some of the people who are also there. Well, they're not wise enough or uh, uh, they're too high to be able to say or what. Because they could say or what. What are they going to do? They're not going to do anything. What, are you going to arrest me? You don't arrest people for stealing uh, from a store, you're not going to arrest me for standing here. Well, right. I think they'd probably figure, all right, I'll go over there where nobody's going to hassle me. But a uh, final note on this topic. This is Brian Yenis, a completely different report on special report with Brett Baer, but significant. 92, Michael. There were 109,000 drug overdose deaths nationwide in 2022. A record. 68% of those were primarily fentanyl poisonings. But while Narcan saves lives, even advocates admit there are concerns. There's this indirect permission that people can use and they think they're going to be safe because it's available. And and that I can't die now because my mom has Narcan. 109,000 in a single year. Shocking. Right, and as we've pointed out many times... The country went crazy over the crack e- epidemic in the like late 80s, early 90s and gangs. And there's all kinds of federal policies and documentaries and changes in the law and everything. And it was I forget what the numbers were, but it's a tiny fraction compared to six figures worth the deaths every year from uh, these drugs. Yeah. Yep. Well, as the, uh, the, the opioid addict himself said. I can't believe this isn't on TV every night. This is crazy. Why do you think that on. is? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I think partly, well, a big part of it is people think there's such an element of choice, personal choice in it. Um, I, I might be attacked by a criminal and hurt, robbed, murdered, whatever. I'm not going to be attacked by f- an illegal drug. Right, which is... I think that's oversimplifying the situation right now, and it's looking at it through the lens of the way it used to be, um, where you have some idea of what you're putting in your body. Now, the Mexican drug cartels are putting terrible, terrible things in virtually everything. Yeah, what drove the attention around crack was probably not 
people getting hooked on crack or dying for the reasons you just said, it was because it became such a gang thing. So the whole Crips, Bloods, crack, all that tied together, gang activity, crime. People care about crime because, like you said, that's something that can happen to me. But the idea of I'm not going to do crack, so whatever, um, and I'm not going to do fentanyl, I think, or I'm going to try not to, um, uh, so I don't worry about it. I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. Um on the other hand, you have Chinese precursors uh, th- flowing through Mexican drug cartels, killing 109,000 people. If for no other reason than patriotism, you'd think that's ugly. They're attacking us. They're screwing with our people. I'm not going to have that. But that attitude is not widespread. Not on the left, where the the belief is we need to make it as easy and comfortable as possible for people to continue to be drug addicts, which I think is murderous it's it's misguided some of it is people actually think they're doing the right thing but i think it's murderously misguided but enough on that hey did anybody you could still probably catch it tonight it won't be quite as good but it'll still be pretty good did anybody catch the super blue moon last night i just accidentally did when i went out right after dark to bring in the trash cans i was like holy crap look at that moon and then i remembered oh yeah uh, Katie Green telling us it was a super blue moon, which won't happen again until 2037 or something like that. It was the brightest moon I've ever seen. Really, really great looking moon. So if you're somewhere where it's clear enough to see the moon, check that out tonight. The blue part of it is just that it's happened twice in the month, right? I think that's what it means, yeah. Second full moon in a month. Brett Bear is like a super blue moon, not currently blue, as they showed the graphic. And I was like... Was that a really dry joke or I, yeah or what? I think that was a dry joke. And super meaning it's at its closest point in its orbit. So the 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 expression once in a blue moon, you know, I'll have a cocktail is uh it's n- not regularly, but every now and then. That's what that means, right? Right. Yeah. So but it's a super moon. It's bright s- and all, but it. The super moon is when it's got X-ray vision and the ability to fly, and that's what's uh, or something. Uh, but it was an extraordinarily bright moon. I mean, it was like it was awe-inspiring. It was so it seemed so close and bright that it was having an effect on me about the solar system and space and distance and what it all means and everything. It was really cool. That I'm 100% in favor of. I mean, it is amazing and bright, and you can see the details of the moon in the way that often you can't, and it's great. But making a big deal of that's the last super blue moon until 2037 doesn't matter. There's going to be as many super moons as there have ever been. It just won't happen to fall on the calendar, which is an artificial creation by mankind twice in a single quote-unquote month. The moon doesn't care what month it is. The moon's going to be there as often as it's ever been. You don't have to wait for 2037. What the hell, people? Man, you and Copernicus should get together and have a cocktail. Just get angry about people who don't understand. Can you believe the these moron, morons, <laughs> Cap? That's what I call them, Cap. <laughs> we'll finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Jam and Greta Van Fleet in the car the other day with the boys. They sound nothing like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> um, we're going to have a great One More Thing podcast today, basically just reading from the Washington Post. They went through Joe Biden's favorite tall tales 
that he continues to tell repeatedly, despite the fact that the Washington Post and others have pointed out that they're not true. Wow. And uh, it's pretty entertaining. It's it's a, it's a weird thing the dude does. But we'll do that for the One More Thing podcast. Look for that wherever you find podcasts. And I said, hey, Esther. So if you're just tuning in, uh, you might not be aware. We've mentioned it quite a few times. Today is the 20th, uh, 25th anniversary of the beginning of the Armstrong and Getty show. We've been working together for a few years prior to that in music radio. But the talk show was launched August the 31st, 1998. And I was thinking back uh, to our career together, and we were talking earlier about luck, both good and bad, being adaptable, um, you know, hard work, changes in the industry, and all sorts of stuff. It's like any career, stuff you never could have anticipated. Towering talents. I was going to leave that out, but it's a good point. <laughs> but But looking back, even to our pre- talk radio career, there are some people who deserve credit and thanks, beginning with a guy who drove me insane, Dennis Kincaid, who was our first boss, our first program director when we were working together. Um, and, and again, he made me nuts because he was nuts, but um, he was also a nice guy. And he told us, and, and to tell young radio guys this is practically a miracle. It's like having good parents. He said, when people tune to the station, I want them to hear you talking. Anybody can play records. I think you guys are talented. And that was an enormous boost of confidence. You're right. Um, he was crazy. So, yeah, that was the first sign he was, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Ken Cole, who hired us for the talk show, um, and 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 granted, they were paying nothing, and there was nothing at stake. The radio station when we started was literally forty fifth out of forty five rated radio stations in the morning. Now there were a couple of like you know hamster on a, 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 a turnstile stations that had like two watts and no listeners, but in terms of rated radio stations, it was forty fifth out of forty five, and we ended up taking it to number one. Um, but, and we used to clash with Ken a fair amount, but he had faith in us. He gave us a chance and he cared intensely about talk radio. So he was, he was a great guy to work with because his caring that much rubbed off, even when we disagreed with him, I think. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think, and then there have been, go ahead. There was a transitioning point happening when we got hired from, uh, um, over the style of talk radio that was going to become popular. But, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. Yeah, and it's water under the bridge. Uh, and then, you know, we had uh, various people who fought us tooth and nail. And we had uh, a number of people and continue to have people who are super supportive. And, and it's really a pleasure to work with them. Um, and I would name them, but I don't want to leave anybody out. But I think you all know who you are. Um, and then there was the episode where we were fired. And then unfired two days later, right? Yeah. And they denied that they fired us. Right. <laughs> it was so funny. Not on our home station, but on our first ever second station in the San Francisco Bay Area. We'd been on for several years, and they said, fellas, sorry, it's over. And it was mostly like a corporate political thing. It wasn't like a performance related, but we need to go with this show instead. The, you know, the powers that be are saying, so uh, good try. It's been great working with you. Then two days later, it was like, we, what? We didn't fire you. 
It was oh, hilarious. Did you, did you think we meant you were fired? No, no, no. Misunderstanding of some sort. So I don't. I don't. Even, I still don't even know what happened there. <laughs> that was actually a great example of what gaslighting is. Ah. Uh. No, no, no. We stood in here. We sat in here, and you told us we don't work here anymore. And now you're telling us we do. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, that's like it's like when KJP stands up there in the White House briefing room and says. As I've always said, and this is not a change, the president did not work directly with his son. No, that's not what you've been saying the whole time. So that was kind of weird and hilarious, but eh, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, so uh, as I've mentioned many times, the the fact that our, our boss, Ken Cole, who you referenced, said when we first started, because we started in August, obviously. Today's the 25th anniversary. August, the dog days of talk radio. There's nothing going on. Congress isn't in session. You know, fall TV is not back, and it's it's really difficult. So you're going to have to come up with, you know, topics. And, you know, tell us about your first car or, you know, um, you know, whatever talk radio topic you want, because there's nothing going on. And that's, man, that 2% seems like percent milk or whole milk. We'll take your calls. The idea that there would be a dog days of August or a slow news period for for a month or longer where there's nothing to talk about by today's standards seems like, you sure that wasn't 100 years ago or 200 years ago? Because the news cycle now is so frantic and everything is presented like it's the biggest thing that ever happened every single day. All right, here's a question for you. Should we thank Gary and Paul in Charlotte who lied to us and screwed us Causing us to leave Charlotte and get the job in Sacramento that was the stepping stone to fame and fortune. Do we thank them for that? So it's like the girl who dumped you and broke your heart, but it allowed you to meet the person you spend the rest of your life with? Exactly. Yeah. What's That's the etiquette one. there? Do you leave? Do you send a note? I don't know. With your hosts, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the first 25 years. Michelangelo, our technical director, been along for 23 of those years. Good Lord. Michael, a final thought? Yeah, I was going to say it's been a pleasure working for you for 23 years, and I hope we keep it up. But I want I got a request here for Jack. Jack, do you remember Website of the Week? Yes. I'm going to play the music. I need you to sing for me. So Here we go. Here we go. It's the website of the week, not just for computer geeks. It's as bad as it ever was. Yeah, websites were so new and cool, we had a special here's the website of the week feature. How crazy is that? Wow. Katie Green, your esteemed newswoman. Katie, a final thought? Well, I've only been with you guys for about seven months, I believe. I don't math well, but... <laughs> It's been a blast. You guys are awesome. Congratulations on 25 years. That's, that is one hell of an accomplishment, especially in radio. Thank you. We are so glad you're part of the team. We can't even tell you. Uh, Jack, a final thought? Yeah, I'm glad you looked up, Katie, that we are pre-Google. We started five days before Google started, which is, man, that's hard to wrap my head around. So my final thought is, gosh, Rick Stewart, Jamie Coffey, uh... Scott Sando. Dominic. Dominic, who was a known child toucher. The great Marshall Phillips. Right. Vince. Sean, obviously. 
Sean, positive Sean, the fabulous Mike Hansen, Michelangelo, everybody we've worked with, all the salespeople and engineers who've helped out in, in pinches and stuff. You don't do it alone, folks. Be good to people so they'll be good to you. That's my parting advice. How about Jamie with the clown lips? And we're not dying. She was awful. Uh, we're not dying. It was just 25 years. I hope we'll be back next week. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Useless and unpleasant. <laughs> Go to armstrongandgetty.com. See you next time. God bless America. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. Yeah. Okay, folks. Show's over. I love you, and good night. Thank you, everybody. They're fine. This is it. How do you like that? What have we learned from this? <laughs> As usual, nothing. <laughs> what a load of fatuous nonsense. It's a sickener. It's one hell of a show. Armstrong and Getty. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.